la 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 inner wealth podcast la 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 inner wealth podcast la 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 inner wealth podcast you know what day it is inner wealth podcast meditate and give so manifest the greater this and things all good cause I say it is investing in inner wealth real generational wealth is mental health It's an inside game, no toxicity. Let's talk and more listening. Ladies and gentlemen, and now introducing David McCullough, founder of Inception, the first mental health gym. La 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 la. Inner wealth podcast. La 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 la. Inner wealth podcast. La 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 la. Inner wealth podcast. We got the All right, everyone, welcome back to the Inner Wealth Podcast. Got a special guest in the building. Got my bro here. What up? Ty Mop. What's up, man? What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? You know, you know, when you bring in people from Detroit, you got to greet them like it, that. Everything is what up, though. Every every guest I bring, they be like, what? Be like, I know. What up, though? I know, unless you bring somebody from Detroit. So here, here how we going to start on that? <laughs> when, when you remember a point in time when what up, though, wasn't super commercialized like it is? No, no, because it, it was more... It was more like in your neighborhood. Yeah, just in the hood. It was a greeting. Yeah. Now people say what up though is is everything. Like 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 a lot of people when they say it, they put a question mark on it. Like when they say what up though. Like Yeah, it's no, not it's not a it's not it's like not, what up and then here's your response, right? It's right. just it's just what up though. It's a greeting. Yeah. It's a greeting. Well, you know what though? Let me let me let me let me let me clarify that too, because it can also be like I didn't see people getting ready to fight. Like what up though? What up though? So it's like <laughs> yeah, it could be, right. but that's still that's still, yeah. That's a call of what we doing. It's funny, it's funny when we see people from out of town say it now. Bro, I saw a podcast. Somebody had it. Is a podcast. What up though? Podcast. It's mm-hmm. in Florida. T H O U G H. And you know how they when they say it doesn't sound like what up though. You know, it's yeah. like, what up, though? <laughs> you know. Now, you know what I came to you with a couple years ago, what I wanted to do? Oh, yeah. So you can't talk we, about we can't, that now? No. Nah, because okay. we ain't done it yet. I I, I didn't know if it was applicable. Because, man, if we was to do that, just with, with the acronym of that, well, the marketing where, where, alone. Where are you at? Where is that? We... <laughs> We, we talk. talk about we that. talk about some business. So right, right. When when you know, Ty. When I think about you, bro. When I see all the stuff that you're doing and your accomplishments, you're a designer. You've mm-hmm. been a designer for how many years? Uh, really, I've been designing stuff since I was five years old. Yeah. So, so. like, I, I was that kid because you know I came up in the late seventies, late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have all the luxuries that they got now. So all, all you did, you went outside and played, and right. you played all day, and you came home and you drawed and do whatever you do. So I, I started off drawing sneakers, mm. you know, and I, I always wanted to design a sneaker, and I always had a passion for sports, so I always wanted to design sportswear. And uh, of course, all of my local favorite teams, you know, I'm a homer, so it's like, you know, I love all the all the local sports teams. It's and hard I, for me to do that. Well, you know what? I'll be honest with you, it was hard, but then. I may have a couple of outside teams that I root for, like, mm. like I, I I am a Laker fan. Okay, but I was a Laker fan ever since Magic Johnson. And how was that growing up in Detroit, being a Lake Laker fan? Y- you know what? You'd be surprised. It's a lot of Laker fans, a lot of them, a lot of them. So when you go to like when when the Pistons play the Lakers, mm-hmm. I would say it's seventy percent Lakers there. What now? Fans, even to this day. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, of course you got the you got the number one franchise in sports. But it's just that following. Just like in football, you know, you have, you know, teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay mm. Packers, they fans travel. Yeah. So they have a large they have a large following too. But I think when it comes to, you know, basketball, you know, my my, my team was always, let's say it was the Pistons one A, Lakers one B. Mm. Because I'm from here. But right. Magic Johnson has always been my favorite. Well, basketball Magic Johnson player. is from here, from so Lansing. that so give you a, that give you permission. Exactly. So it's like you know, I grew up you know watching Magic. So Magic was my favorite basketball player. So I started loving the Lakers, and it was tough because you know when we played them in the finals, I just had to sit back and just watch. I didn't root for nobody. Right. Just, you know, just looking for the outcome. 
Just looking for the outcome. You grew up. You grew up around a lot of guys who who actually became successful in sports too. Yeah, yeah. So so I grew up in a, in an area where we had uh, the same neighborhood as Jerome Bettis. You know, mm-hmm. he's a Hall of Fame pro football player. Yeah. Uh, one of my good friends, my brother is Jalen Rose, mm-hmm. and you know we went to the great Detroit Southwestern together. You know, when you say that, you got to say the whole title: the great Detroit Southwestern High School. That Coach Perry was there too, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, he, and he's the goat of high school basketball. That's so, my guy, man. So I'm biased. Yeah. Because I've seen it firsthand, you know. And in the beginning, we was always like the the runner up in a lot of things. And but then mm-hmm. when we finally won it, you know, you know, I tell Jalen all the time, like, I know he did the Fab Five documentary, mm-hmm. but he need to stop playing and do the Detroit Southwestern documentary because there's so much history of Detroit Southwestern because no high school. No high school, from when Perry took over to when he left, produced more Division One college athletes than Detroit Southwestern. Who who all went to Southwest? Who went to the to the league? Oh, you got your first. Well, the first one you had you had Bill Jones. Uh, then you had uh, then you had Anderson Hunt. He had a he had a stint in the NBA, and you had uh, really the three most dominant people that you would know. From Southwestern is of course Jalen Rose, mm. Voshan Leonard, and, and and Howard Isley. I remember Howard Isley. So How, Howard Isley used to play for uh, Boston College. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but but he he went to Boston College and he, he used played play for in Utah. Utah. He used to play for Utah. Yeah. So you got to imagine that 1990 team. We had three NBA players on that team. You had mm. Jalen, Voshan, and Howard. Yeah. You know, and so but Division One or even college, Perry put more kids through that. And he had them prepared not just for basketball; he had them prepared academically too. So, mm. a lot, a lot of guys, you know, they uh, they flourish because, in some point, you know, like my brother Terrence Wheeler, you know, T. Will, Terrence Wheeler always say that you know Perry became more of a father figure to them than a lot of them didn't have fathers in the home. No, I've, I I know Perry, so I know that energy. Yeah, that Perry has. You know, he's always every time I've been around him, yeah. it's just cool, man. But mm. at the same time, um. You can tell, like, that era, that mm-hmm. era we grew up in. Like, my my dad, man, just got yeah. that old school wisdom, man. Go make sure you do right. You know, not going to beat you too hard over what you do that's wrong. They understand, but yeah. at the same time, they're going to guide you. And he had that sense of authority where you listen and you hung on to every yeah. word he said because cause it's like you, you, you know, because Perry was my high school counselor. Oh, really? So he was a basketball coach okay. and a counselor. Okay. So it's like. At Southwestern, we always had that swag where we was, you know, we had we had great basketball teams, but we also had the attitude that we was like the basketball team because mm-hmm. of Perry. You know, yeah. Perry talked to us the same way he talked to his team. He teach us the same way he talked he taught his team. So here here it is too, because you do take on the persona of the school you go to. Obviously, you collective that energy there, and I went to Depores. I you place. went to where? I went to the poor. I'm sorry to hear that, but go ahead. No, no, we, we, not, we, we all, we all, hard, we all couldn't not, go to Southwest, and I get it. Not sorry get it. that that I went to the poor. You know, DP produced some some monsters. Yeah, you know that Willie Burton, Willie Burton, Kevin Glenn, yeah, Aloysius Anagagne, yes, sir. Um, who else did we produce? I mean, we was we, and that's football and basketball. Mm-hmm. You know that we were doing that. That was but, Southwestern Junior. Southwestern Junior. We, we no, we were Southwestern, probably Catholic. Southwestern is not a Catholic school, right? Benny wasn't good back in those days. Who? Benedictine. Who? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm my fault. <laughs> Look, bro. When people when people say the poor, as you know, that's just a championship caliber school. So growing growing up mm-hmm. in that era, because you grew up in the 80s, mm-hmm. 90s. Mm-hmm. What year were you born? Uh, 72. I just turned 50 last week. Oh man, ago. happy birthday! Thank bro. you. Thank you. So we, you grew up. I mean, you're eight years older than me, but you, mm-hmm. but we still grew up in, a, in the, the same, same era. Same era, right? What is it about you and trying to preserve these errors? Like, the one thing about it is that you don't really have to preserve it too much, mm. because when something is real and is organic, it always come back around anyway. Mm. You know, even with the fashion, with the music. That's why nowadays you can still, you know, my son is 26, and he's been listening to. The Temptations and New Edition and everybody since he was a kid because he grew up listening to what I was listening to. That's because of you. Right. So it's timeless music. Right. So when it's, you know, you got you got New Edition. Shout out to my brother, Michael Bivens. You got you got New Edition that's getting ready to do this world tour again and everybody's going crazy over it. 
because it's timeless music. So when it's something real and organic, like fashion, sports teams like Starter, Starter is always going to bring out emotion and goosebumps and because it causes a memory. So let's let's talk about that okay. though, because I'm okay. I'm I'm actually labeling this episode the healing power of nostalgia. There you go, boom, perfect. Because that because that if, I don't know if you know, but that's what that's what you do. You you're you're preserve, you're like preserving that. a time. Okay, nostalgia is healing for us. Yes. Oh yeah. That's why we want to yeah. when we hear those things. You ever seen someone who had like alzheimer's or dementia where they'll play a, a song from their time and those brain patterns all light up and they may not remember anything that's present right but when they hear that something clicks on in their brain you where right. they're back in that time you're right and you posted something some years ago probably and it was like it was the Gore-Tex, man. Yeah, the, the, rock, the rock port, port Gore-Tex. Gore the black ones was cool, but you know. But people wanted to be from the brown ones. You wanted the yeah. brown ones, Yeah, the man. brown ones, yeah. And that, and that just took me back to high school real quick. Yeah. And I had that, that reaction. Well, you know what? That's something that I was taught a long time ago. It's like whenever you want to put out a product or whenever you want to do something, you want to make sure you can pull the heartstrings. Mm. Because let's just say... I say ninety nine point nine percent of a purchase is an emotional buy. Right, it's an emotional buy. You know, you want it, and it becomes uh, addictive. And some people have thousands of shoes. I was one of them. You know, where you had, you looked up and you had a Your thousand. sneakerhead. You know what? I think I. You gotta stop tapping. Oh, <laughs> you know I get okay, but you know what? I think that. I think that term. It's not, it's not real anymore. You Why do you say that? Because when people say sneakerhead, they only focus on one brand. Like Jordan, Like that. Yeah. yeah. But a sneakerhead has all brands, all mm. types of shoes, and all that stuff. So like with me, I'm a big fan of 80 and 90s basketball sneakers. Mm. Like, the Air, like, like the Air Force 2s, Air Force 3s, the Safari Forces, the Alpha Forces, all that stuff. So uh, Avia, all mm. that stuff. So I, I'm a fan of... 80s and 90s basketball. Now, if I wear them out, the younger cat may be like, oh, man, you an old head. You ain't no sneaker head. You ain't got the newest Jordans. To right. me, to but me. But the new Jordans, they not. Is that because we're older? We can't. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Can't get with the new stuff, but I think I think last year Jordan did put out a, a pair that I thought was pretty nice. This Zion was wearing them. You don't even remember them. Yeah, you seen yeah, those? yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. for the most part, after we get past a certain number, mm-hmm. like retirement age of Jordan, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. But see, that's like with me. It got it got redundant with me because I I got and 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 I've been blessed. I've been blessed that they send me stuff. Who is that? They send me stuff. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like when you look up, you accumulate. Before you know it, you got 30 to 40 pairs of shoes been sent to you in one week by mm. different companies. Mm. And, of course, Jordan was one of them. And I would look at them, and I said, I know I'm never going to wear these. Mm. So, you know, thank God my nephew and my son wear my size, so they come and get all my stuff. But with me... If you see me wear a pair of Jordans on now, it's ones that he actually wore. Because that tied better emotion to me mm. than anything else. Like like the retro ones. If you see me in any retro ones, it's the ones he actually wore. I'm not about to do not about to do the uh 
the uh, the Oregon Duck colorway of the retro ones. I'm not about to do the North Carolina Tar Heel retro threes. You know, I'm not about to do all that. Now, I may do Michigan because I bleed maize and blue. But I've learned to cut back where it's like, you know what? I'm only going to do the colors he wore. That's it. Everything else is redundant. Me, yeah. I'll do a white-on-white white pair of Puma GVs all day. That's my new go-to show. I mean, shoot, and it's been like that for a couple of years. Mm. You know, so when you say sneakerhead, I think it depends on who you ask what is a sneakerhead. Because people nowadays think you you gorge all retro Jordans and that makes you a sneakerhead, but they don't. I remember East Bay magazine. You used to fiend for that to come yeah. in the mail. You couldn't wait. It was like yeah. a... It was like it was like a release thing. You hurry up and get them, and you look and you circle what you want. You circle what you want. You may not get them. No, you're gonna get them. But there was a fact that that's like that. I said I was telling um, T Barb. I don't know if you know T Barb. Mm-hmm. She she was. We were talking about the old J C Penney catalog. The Toys R Us catalogs around Christmas time. Like that. Yeah. That was that was the thing. In my area, it was Sears. I used to look at all of them. Yeah. No, I used to get those thick books. The thick. They was they was the size of damn uh, yellow pages. Yes. But they were all in color. Yes. And you would go through, yes, and look at your toys or whatever. And you yes. had Sears, but J.C. Penney had J.C. Penney started killing it after a while. Well, to me, it was Sears because Sears used to always have the NFL gear. Okay, so I, like I said, I, I looked well, at all those. Well, Ken, you, you, that goes back to you were you were older. Like I wasn't exactly. looking at clothes in in those books. I'm looking at toys. You know, at I thought that you were about to say something else. What? <laughs> back, really, <laughs> Back in the day, I don't know guys used to go to the lingerie section, look at women there. That was a first. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I went. I'm sure I went through past that. I mean, we used to look at the Fredericks of Hollywood magazines, you know. But that was the closest <laughs> you could get as a kid. And as get a away kid, with. yeah, for you sure. Could, you'd be like, oh wow, so that's that what it that, is. that 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 makes me think about something to talk about because you you're in fashion and right. have been right. You've observed, and we both have observed this, and right. I want you to tell me. What is your feelings on observing the change of how we went from fully clothed, baggy clothed to damn near naked? It's just the way the the culture is now. And I hate using I hate using the word culture because when people come to me and be like, man, you're doing it for the culture. No, I'm doing it for the heritage. It's a difference between heritage and culture. Culture is temporary. Heritage mm-hmm. is forever. Mm-hmm. That's why when you see stuff revolve around, that's heritage. Mm-hmm. And culture just adapted to me. Culture makes a lot of things corny because when they say do it because for the it depends on when they said when we talk about the culture, who was infiltrating the culture? It wasn't us. We weren't the business owners. We can talk about that. Yeah, you know the crocodiles and the cross right. colors the and the used and, all, that, and yeah. all of that. But but what's his name said was very very interesting. Um, Jim Jones. Oh, Jim Jones, yeah. Just, yeah. My mind is totally blank. So okay. Jim Jones was on EYL, and he was talking about, he was like, we didn't want to wear no Carl Kanai and all. We want the real stuff. Because right. they were saying Carl Kanai and all that was mocking the the other stuff, right. which was not black owned. No, no. And and you know what? I, I'm I'm glad you, you said that, too. Because one of my first role models in this game was Maurice Malone. Hmm. I've seen, I, I've literally seen when I started my career at Strictly Sportswear, Maurice Malone used to come back there in Strictly's back room and sew pants, his own pants. And that's how he put out his clothing line. Mm. So I just find it funny, you know, and, and shout out to Jim. But when it's one of us that's trying to do something, we always think that it's not good enough. Because now if a person... Where Carl and I, or even where Maurice Malone, they get laughed at. Or people are like, oh, man, that's played out. That's not in style. But yet, Tommy Hilfiger, but, Ralph Lauren, yeah, been doing the same stuff for years. Say this. So why is it that Tommy Hilfiger and Ralph Lauren is timeless? Yeah. But Carl and I and Maurice Malone has a time limit. Because when you see it, oh, man, timeless collection from Tommy Hilfiger, timeless collection from Ralph Lauren. But when it comes to our black designers, it's a time limit. You yeah. know? 90, 92, 93, mm-hmm. I went from 
Carl Kanai. Mm-hmm. Then next, you know, for whatever reason, because cause you're not you're not even old enough to have you're a not, consciousness about what's happening in that era. In that era, because that time. Be, because it wasn't heavy influence like how it is now. But Carl Kanai, to me, yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, use cross yeah. colors, and then it was right around seventh grade. Again, that's about ninety three for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we switching and we going timey nautica the we, we start and we start abandoning that yeah we we were looking like we were golfers man like we was rock ports you know mm-hmm. coogee is an old white man sweater people don't know that I that's know. an australian sweater yeah cartier is an old that's an old jewelry line for white people people don't know that let's talk about this i'm glad you brought that up about cartier do you know <clears throat> if you go in the original, in like the more upper scale Cartier stores. They, they don't d- sell those glasses. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. I lived in Miami for six years and I went to the Cartier store for the first time. This mm-hmm. is around 2001. Mm-hmm. I walked in. I was like, first, Cartier, they got a store? And we're not, not even they, pronouncing it right. We're not, not even pronouncing it right. We, we pronounce Cardi's. Cardi's. <laughs> we get, like with a D. Cardi's. Right. Got the Cardi's. Right. But- 2001, guys, I remember a young guy got shot and killed wearing mm-hmm. Cartier sunglasses. Mm-hmm. But I go into the store, I don't see no glasses. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, they got watches, they got everything. So it, it, it really changed the way how I saw things. Mm-hmm. And I saw, why, why is it that we always take other people culture stuff and we make it hot, but we don't make our own stuff as hot? We don't because we don't because back down to that thing. Why is it our stuff has a time limit? Mm-hmm. Why is Sean John not like like Jim say, we ain't wearing no Sean John. It's like people were wearing those things. Maybe maybe he wasn't mm-hmm. because one. He's a hustler. He got money to spend on all the yep. Averex and the Iceberg. Remember all that stuff, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like is back now. Like I said, he wasn't wearing Rockaware. We didn't want that. He wanted the real stuff because mm-hmm. Rockaware was supposedly the knockoff all mm-hmm. the stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just it was just interesting seeing that that transition of um, timeline that we've been going through. But that's like I said, you know, when when they speak of Tommy Hilfiger and Ralph Lauren, they're timeless. When it comes to Maurice yeah. Malone and Carl Kanai, it's a time limit. And shout out Carl Kanai. I, I can still call Carl right now, and he still gives me advice about things. And I've been blessed to have mentors like a Carl Kanai and a Maurice Malone. That that when I get frustrated or when I don't see nothing happening how I think it should happen, you know, they 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 talk to me a lot. So I've I've been blessed. Like I said, I've been I, I've been doing this now. This is my what ninety two thousand ten. Whew, we we looking at my fourth decade mm. in fashion because mm-hmm. I started in the nineties, mid 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 nineties, two thousands, two thousand tens. Now we in two thousand twenties. So yeah. It's my fourth decade, so I didn't see it all. I didn't see it all, you know. And you know, I really feel like the baggy stage of clothes is coming back now because it's you already think so? it's already happening overseas. Really, and you can see it now with some of the with some of the clothes that these guys wear now. It's kind of like taper, but then it's starting to flare out at the bottom again. I'm not saying bell bottoms. It's like like yeah, remember bell bottoms, and then they yeah. came back in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. But but the baggier clothes are coming back. They're doing it overseas now. You remember what? those pants, guys? People used to wear with the suede on the front. Yep. What was those called? I can't remember. It was so many different companies that did it. I remember back in the day, a company named AJ was the first one to do it. Mm. And uh, people was like, "Oh man, I get a pair of AJs. I gotta get a pair of AJs." Because AJ's was known for the denim and the acid wash mm-hmm. and to add the, uh, the applique on the jeans, which like the suede and all that as well, too. Mm. Yeah. So. How did you get connected with Starter to do what you're doing? Well, shout out to another pioneer. Her name is April Walker. So she had a clothing line called, well, she still have it. And it's called Walker Wear. Her last name and wear. Mm. So if you will Google her, you'll see people like Pac. Biggie all wore her hockey jersey, all wore her brand. And I've been on April for a long time because we used to buy her stuff when I used to work at Strictly Sportswear. So I seen that she posted a picture of her wearing 
this Beverly Hills cop jacket, which is the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. jacket, the wool one with mm-hmm. the leather and all that. And I said, yo, I need one of those. How can I get one of those? And she was like, oh, I'll set you up with with the, with the uh, with the guy who makes them and all that. Mm. And it just so happens to be that that person was Carl Banks and he was the president of G3 and starters. So the thing about Carl Banks is, you know, he's from Flint, Michigan. Mm. So we had a tie there almost and he went to Michigan State University, he played football there. He was in the Ring of Honor there and he won two Super Bowls in the 80s and 90s with the New York Giants. Mm. So I already knew about Carl Banks because he's from Michigan. He's from Flint. So she set up the conversation. We was talking. I was like, hey, man, I really want one of those jackets. And he was like, oh, no problem. I'll send you one. Send me your address and I got you. And so when it came in, I did more research on him and I saw that he was the president of Starter. And at that time, Starter was just now making a comeback because for a while, Starter was more of a European brand or Walmart, things like that. Not not necessarily the jackets. But the brand. Mm-hmm. So like socks, underwear, shoes, things like that. So I had a conversation with him and I was like, hey, man, how can I, you know, do something with you? Maybe do a jacket. And at this time, I had just joined uh, Mr. Allen's. Mm-hmm. So I was the I was the brand ambassador there. I was head of marketing there. And I was also footwear and apparel buyer there. So I had a lot of hats I was wearing there. And I said, you know what? How can I do a. Uh, a, a collab with you with that he was like what you got in mind so i pitched him the ideas of course i'm gonna do the three home teams i did pistons lions and red wings mm-hmm. and i gave him the idea and he was like okay well you got to do this certain amount to do an smu and i said so what am i going to do to make it different and i said you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put my logo inside the jacket because once again when you bring out sports jackets when you do stuff like that it pulls an emotion mm-hmm so we 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 gave it a a run and it's been it's been running ever since. Why do you think that did so well? Well, because once again, it was an emotion and I wanted to do something different. And this was in 2014. So I said I got to do something different. I don't want it to be like just a hey, I got this jacket coming out cool. I said let me let me put a release date on it. Mm. And let me market. Now during this time Facebook, I mean, Facebook, Facebook was more attractive than Instagram. Right. So Instagram was on the way up, but I still had Facebook. So I said, let me, uh, at the time I was cool with a couple of players that played on the Lions, like Nate Burleson, Calvin Johnson, Cliff Averill. So what I would do was I would get Nate a jacket to wear. And I said, yo, just send me a picture of you with it to validate it and stamp it. And so him, Cliff, CJ, I will always get pictures of them wearing it. So then I said, okay, we're going to put a release date on it. Mm. Gave some to the DJ. So I promoted it like I had an album coming out because I had it like I had an album coming out and I also treated it like it was a sneaker release. Mm. And so one thing about product, people always want what they can't have right now. What do you mean I can't buy it right now? Oh man, I got to have it. I got to have it. The anticipation, Mm. the anxiety of buying. Right. And, uh, we put a release date on it. I did I did a whole market tour with it, had people shout it out on the radio, DJ BJ, uh, Dr. Darius, everybody shouted it out. Mm. And it just grew into something where when it came out, I was nervous because I was like, this this may flop. Because, come on now, I'm doing a jacket and I put a release date on it. Was that the, the, the resurgence of it, do you think? Yes. Because like you said, yes. it was a time where... Starter went through that too. Yeah. Where we went yeah. through the whole like I remember Pac with the UNLV started. Jacket. Brenda got a baby. Brenda ba- got a baby. Yeah. And from that point, we all want to start a jacket. Yeah, the iconic yeah. picture of L Cool J with the New York Mets jacket on with the big with the big boombox radio. You know, every moment. So And then it stopped at a certain it, time where it just became Then like, our uncle started. It was it was it. one specific jacket, coat. Yeah. Is the coat that had the zipper on the side. And that with the we pouch had. packet. Yeah. The pouch packet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The pull, was, the pull that over. was it. And shout out to uh to Royce. Yeah. Who did uh the song Starter Starter Coat. Yeah. And that and again, back to that nostalgia, man. It just it takes you back. And it, it brings makes you, an emotion. Right. And it takes you back to a time where it was good. Some people, you know, once again, you you know, you had the conversations. Oh man, I remember that check. My uncle used to have it. He mm-hmm. was getting money. My uncle was doing this. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? So 
Once again, that was a drug dealer's coat too. Well, yeah. <laughs> so once again, it was a sense of accomplishment. It, it, it was a sense. It was a trophy. Oh man, you see, you got the new Philadelphia seventy. And I'm gonna tell you a story about this one. <clears throat> a couple years ago, I did a Philadelphia seventy sixer jacket, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I called it the Redemption Jacket. Mm. The reason why I call it that is because back in eighty six, eighty seven, I had. The original Philadelphia Sixers starter jacket. And I got robbed for it. I was about to say too. We we got to talk about how popular we've made things till we want to take them from yes. each other. And I got. And I already said the Cartier starter coats. My mom didn't want to buy me a starter coat right. at first. My right. mom didn't want to buy me Jordans at first. Right. Either. Right. Because that was really and troop. Yep. Troop. Eight ball jackets. Yeah. Pelly pails. You stuff. heard that. I've never met somebody mm-hmm. who was like, yeah, they robbed me or whatever. But oh. you heard. Oh, you, you, you met heard somebody it. now. I'm about to tell you. But you heard it, though. Oh, yeah. You hear it. And you'd be like, hey, don't wear that coat up the street. Right. Make sure everybody with you when you wear your coat. Right. I only can wear my coat mm-hmm. to school. Yeah. And then you had to worry about somebody breaking in your locker because I had a coat taken from locker, from school before. Mm. So it's like when I did the Sixer jacket and I was like, it's funny how. Things come full circle. Mm. And that's why I call it the redemption pack, because it's like I heard those three words that every Detroiter cringe when they hear it being said. You got three words that's happiness that say, what up, though? Mm. But the other three words you never want to hear is your shit. check it in. <laughs> check it in. Yeah. When so- check it in. It's just like, ah. And there was nothing I could do because I was outnumbered. It was me and my friend. His name is Deshaun. And he, and he had a sweet California Angel jacket on. Mm. And I had the Sixer jacket on. That was the most popular starter jacket at the time besides besides the Boston Celtic one. So, yeah, I got robbed in it. And here I am 30 plus years later. Now I'm redesigning it and putting it out to sell again. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I made sure I was the first one with it. I like they ain't going to check this one in, you know, so. It's just it's just funny how once again how you say things come full circle. So now guess what, the culture may have adapted it, but it came from heritage, and right. that's why I tell it wasn't, people all the, it wasn't new. It you wasn't just new. Brought it back. I brought it back. Yeah. And culture. You're played. a preserver. Okay. That's you're, what you want to call. You're it? a preserver of time. You're you're like you're preserving. You're preserving an era. Right. That, you know. I don't I don't see it until I see Ty. Right. And then that makes me. Right. And so that that goes along too when people see you. Right. They have a feeling about you like, "Oh yeah, yeah. like that's Ty Mop." Yeah, he like, represented he, for he, us. He's it's not just about starter, it's no. about you Detroit. Everything. <laughs> you everything. Detroit, you everything. You street. Yeah. You 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 fashion, yeah. you sports. Yeah. You all those things in one and that's 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 your brand, bro. You rock you rock that to the fullest, you know? And sometimes people used to always say, yo, man, you got to do more than just Detroit, man. You got to, you boxing yourself in. But, but look what I did. I made it cool to wear Detroit stuff everywhere. Everywhere. Because I got, because if you look and you saw follow Joe. me. Exactly. With the, with the Detroit. Fabulous. Yeah. He inboxed me. How can I get that? I need that jacket. So I had all these people, Jeezy, what, 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 what Jeezy, honorary Detroiter anyway. Yeah. So, so, and yeah. Fabulous is, uh, he was really into jerseys. Yeah. Remember that, so, that yeah, run? The whole run with Mitchell yeah. Ness. Yeah. So it's like, it fascinated people to see Gucci Man wear one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you say, Fat Joe wear one, Bum B. So you got all these people that Ness would, would rep their home city. Now they're wearing Detroit stuff. Mm-hmm. So it brings a bigger attention to the city. Cause we were doing that. We were doing that. Oh, we was wearing other people's stuff like it was nothing. We weren't we weren't rocking Detroit like we like no. like Raiders. Raiders, Yankees. That that was yeah, Yankees, yeah. Raiders. But for me, Raiders was like that that when NWA got yes. to that point, Raiders it was like Los Kings. Was Raiders, yep. Yeah, yep. at, at one time you saw more Los Angeles Kings jackets and jerseys on the streets than you see Detroit Raiders. Because it was it was about the colors. That's what it, it was. was about. It was about the the the, the colors the, and the, the movement. The mood the, the yeah. mood. Yeah. Like the 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 Raiders logo yeah. with NWA, that connection of that brand made mm-hmm. you feel like you was on some thug stuff, whatever. But yeah. you know, it, it was that was it. That was a time and an era when that came. But that yeah. was coming up too. Like when I came up, like people say, "Well, who inspired you?" Well, the drug dealers did. Yeah, the hustlers did because they had the money to buy the stuff. And you look at that, and you thought that that was 
uh, a way of life, mm-hmm. a way of accomplishments. Like, oh man, he made it. He got on. He, he got on the new Adidas top tens. Yeah. He got on. The, he, oh, he got on a fresh pair of Levi's. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he got the Raider hat with the starter jacket. Right. So you, we thought that that was success. Yeah. Those are our first role models. I tell people all the time, the drug dealers and the street hustlers was my first role model. If you had a pager, you was you. you oh, if you, you had a, a sky pager, right? You, you, my mom was like, "You see a pager, like, oh, you drug dealer, like that was right. this was the in the the com- conversation right. within our culture, at right? That time. And don't be the first one to come with the big brick phone, yeah. That oh, your you phone def- bill was fifteen hundred dollars a month. Oh, dude, my street, Conley, mm-hmm. right on eight mile, right by uh, um, Ligar Armory, yeah, right. Yeah. Persian is down that way, yeah. all that, right? Yeah. And um I just remember um living over there at that time where um yeah, it was a drug dealer on the street mm-hmm. directly across the street from us. Mm-hmm. He wasn't dealing drugs out of the house. Mm-mm. He was using the house as the storage. No, not even that. I made it. Okay, okay. This is yep. like middle yep. class. Gotcha. We like gotcha. middle class gotcha. brick homes. Got you. I made it. Mm-hmm. But, dude, you got a, you got a Benz. Mm-hmm. You got a Ninja motorcycle. Yeah. You got an ATV. Mm-hmm. You got remote control cars. This dude had every toy that a kid would want, and we just on the street like, damn, man, what does that dude do? He had a full live band one time come out. Full live band in the backyard. What? Yes. And singing Whitney Houston songs, I remember. And they called the police on him because it was like 12 o'clock at night, full loud band. But years later, the feds came and took all his toys. And we knew. Mm-hmm. We knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And at a young age, the culture taught you. But that was your first superhero. It was like, wow. It was, it was the first superstar. Yeah, because you got a full live band in your backyard. Yeah. You he he dug up the the backyard and laid a basketball court, full court. No half. Oh, whew. my dad did one for me too, mm-hmm. but he did for one for me, and then he the guy across the street copied. Because again, he got money. He just, he got the nice wife. He was like look, the looking yeah, wife, like yeah, got the bad yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, you know she I, dressed fly. I remember his daughter riding down the street wearing a coogee. Little daughter got coogee. You know stuff know. is going on. So that. That was an interesting time, um, you know. And now, do you think do you think people looking up to drug dealers anymore? Because where where are you seeing them at like that? I'm gonna be honest with you. Is there any more drug dealers left now? I, I mean, mean, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> I mean, like what we were talking, what type of drugs are we talking about? Well, the, uh, get everybody a drug dealer not doing weed. That's true. <laughs> that, that's, that's, the government said enough. We about to legalize this. It's yeah. too much. So it's like, you know, it, it wasn't how it just it just it just wasn't how when we was kids. Like everything has changed. Like now, remember, everything is so commercialized now. Where That's nothing true. ever closes. That's true. When I was young, stuff closed. TV went off at two AM. Yeah. You saw the national anthem and you saw and you saw snow on your TV for the last for the next four hours. Then Astro after come back on again. Now it's regular schedule program. Now TV don't go off. It was a time when everything closed Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. and didn't open back up until the 26th. Now stuff don't close. After living through that, mm-hmm. how do you try to live your life knowing that? Because there's there are very health, healthy habits that we had right. during those times. And I get growth. Mm-hmm. I get change. Mm-hmm. But it seems like we abandoned a lot of healthy principles by going through this change mm-hmm. and allowing the commercialism to come into the culture and mm-hmm. take over. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't no collabs back in the day with was P- Tupac what, and Starter. What you saw was out was out. What they wore, they it's, just wore. They weren't getting paid. Right. It wasn't no release date on shoes. Right, right. You got to remember, I, 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 I was in the business when Jordan first came out. It wasn't a release date on Jordan. By 96, it out. was. Yeah. Well, Guys 90, was lining 98, up. 98, 90, 90, well, no, 97, 98. 98. So 98. Because, yeah. because you got to remember, I'm at Strictly Sportswear. Yeah. So we used to have to order Jordans from the same Nike catalog. And when mm. you look at it, it was only one shoe. The Air Jordan 1. Then mm. they came with the Air Jordan 2. And it was no release date on that. 
you when it got delivered, you put it on the shelf. Mm. You know, and it's just like it, it was on the shelf for at least a couple of weeks because you have a sell through. Right. You know, and now it's like, you know, the hype came and that came from blogs, hype beats, mm-hmm. the phone. And that's when it got really hype when people started robbing. Like you said, when you got robbed for them. Oh, I need some of those. Oh, they dangerous. Yeah. You know, so but going back again, it's like everything is just changes. Everything is culture. It's no more heritage. When was the last time that, I mean, you know, it's sad on even on my end, too, that our family actually had dinner together. Everybody's on the move. Everything is so busy now. Everything yeah. is so fast. There's families out there still do it, but but it was a It was, it was a, a time when you did it every night. The, prob- the problem is the class got, mm-hmm. a class got wiped out. Oh, yeah. It's the middle class. Yeah. Because you don't hear middle class people voices at, you know, it's, it's right. either you you really rich or you really poor and traumatized. Exactly. There's no, no middle no, no, no more. No middle because the conversations that we can have mm-hmm. was based on the era that had, I had two parents in a household, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, married, mm-hmm. work full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. That was not an anomaly. Mm-mm. That wasn't like a well, you know, everybody they they grew up with single mothers. That mm-hmm. wasn't that wasn't like that. Everybody mm-hmm. on my street, except for maybe one person, father was in and out. But for the most part, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a rich street. It no, wasn't, it was a community. It was a twelve hundred square foot house. Yes, in Detroit, brick home. Yes, and we didn't know no better. And I loved my community. I loved my mm-hmm. street. I felt safe. Now when I start walking blocks. Once you go there by Persian. When you start walking across outer drive and area, yeah. areas and certain areas and you walk up Bloom and Monarch, like, okay. Mm-hmm. But my street had safety built into mm-hmm. it. Did you is that how you grew up yeah. or what was it like? I grew up on the twelve thousand block of Roseline. So that's like right there off of Grand River, Oakman, Elmhurst area. Mm-hmm. So uh if if you had to know where it was at from a high school, it was like the McKenzie district, McKenzie High School District. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, we 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 our block was a little different. I mean, it it it, it was the parents there and all that, but we were struggling. So mm-hmm. a lot of people received focus hope, a lot of people received food stamps. And nobody looked down on one another because we thought that that was the way of life. Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody you know watched over each other. You you you, you had that one a, neighbor. You lived in a neighborhood. I lived in a neighborhood and not a hood. You you lived now in a hood. Right, right. You lived yeah. in a neighborhood yeah. where you knew your neighbor's name and he wasn't just that nigga next door. Exactly. I don't know him. Right. Like right now, I can't tell you my neighbors. I don't know. I can't tell you my neighbor's name. Well, right. Across the street, I can. Right. For the most part. Right. Yeah. You know, where you would get out, if it's snow, you go out and go make some money shoveling snow. Shoveling snow. You would do stuff. You cut grass. And if you was out of line in the street, the neighbor down the street would chastise you and then go tell your parents what's going on too what was vacations like did you go did you go no, on vacations no, vac- vacation for me was probably going to Northland see that's what I'm saying like think about that man like it was a big deal it for our, our generation Cedar Point Cedar Point Disney World my, if you was my lucky. dad my mom and dad they took us to Disney World mm-hmm. but they drove us there mm-hmm. wasn't no flying no wasn't no wasn't no uh, calling somebody mid swing you didn't have a cell phone you got there when you, you got there you had to look there. at it as a map right you map. had to look at the map, map. yeah yeah, so no, no, we no, we ain't had that luxury growing up. So I think that's why we are so in tune to do it now. Right. So when I do things, it's like it's a sense of accomplishment where I couldn't do it when I was a kid. So now it's just like going back to sneakers and clothing and all that. When when something come out that somebody wants, they buying three pair of them because one pair <laughs> is to wear, another pair is to put up. The third pair is a sense of accomplishment. Now my childhood is invalidated because I bought these. How did growing up around people like Jalen and, and C-Webb and being in that crew, did seeing them and working with Perry and your own mom and dad, what gave you the sense of belief? Because you're doing things that most, mm-hmm. it's, it's sad to say, mm-hmm. but it's true. Mm-hmm. Most of the time we don't believe we can do the things that you're doing. Right. Right. So where did you see just just by being around it? Like like I said, when. OK. My middle school was liver than some high schools. I, I went to Tappan Middle School. Mm. So it was it was live. It was a fashion show. Then. So in the area where my middle school was at, we had 
notorious gangs and drug dealers, YBI, Young Boys Incorporated. Mm. So it was in that area. So I leave, I leave tapping. I was supposed to go to McKenzie. My mom didn't want me to go to McKenzie. She wanted me to go somewhere where I didn't know nobody or things like that because she figured mm. I wasn't going to do nothing. So I ship all the way across town to Southwestern. Now you have to catch two buses to go to Southwestern. So when I get to Southwestern, come the phase of BMF. Before BMF, mm. it was the 50 boys. Mm. You know, Southwest T, Meech, and all them. So I'm, I'm in school with them. So now I see another side of town, but it's the same aura and atmosphere as my middle school. So just being around that area, and then Jalen came around. And a lot of people don't know this. Chris Webber was supposed to go to Southwestern. Mm. He, he he was science and delivered, but that was the year that our school went on strike. And well, the whole public school. That's schools, a big dip, difference from Southwestern to uh, Country, Country Day. Day. Not really. No. I mean, I mean, I mean, no. I, mean I mean, atmosphere, <laughs> but basketball wise, I mean, no. Like, how much does it cost to go to Country Day at that time? That was a thing. Well, you too. get a scholarship. Yeah, you no, got a scholarship. But, but I'm just saying, like, he was. See, I remember C Webb. Mm-hmm. He he played at the palace. It was one of championship games. Mm-hmm. My dad took me to see him. Mm-hmm. He broke the rim. He ain't break the. He ain't shattered the back. No, no, but no. He broke the rim. The spring. Yeah, yeah the spring. Yeah. So I, I still remember that to this day. Yeah. But you, you again, you you saw those guys too, because right. with like Jalen and they were doing what they're doing. Did mm-hmm. that? How was that in terms of your mindset? Because at that time, nobody was thinking necessarily like LeBron. Like I'm gonna take my guys and put them in these right. positions. Right. Like how was right. that? So. Let me finish. So going back to Southwestern. So I leave Southwestern, right? And now always had a sense of fashion. I was mm. always the best dressed big guy. They always always say that. Man, mm. for a big guy, you could dress first, man. You mind me heavy D. You know, you were sweet. Because back in those days, I yeah, used you to was dress. Heavy D. Yeah, yeah, I was heavy D. I yeah. had the had the nice hair. Yeah, I had no cricket eye though. Didn't have no cricket eye. I had the mixed kid hair. So mm. I was I was I, I was in like that. Mm-hmm. And so I always knew how to dress. And so I started working at Strictly Sportswear. And during that time, Strictly Sportswear was the place to go to get all your sweet stuff. People from all around would come to Strictly Sportswear. So just by being in that aura and that element, it just, I already had the cockiness from my middle school. Mm. Went to Southwestern, gained the cockiness from that. Mm. Now I'm on Seven Mile, the hottest block in America. Mm. Every weekend, it would take you three hours to get two blocks because it was called the Strip. So... I'm on Seven Mile, so I'm now I'm meeting more and more people, and now I'm learning the game. Uh, shout out to the late great Miss Dorothy Hamlin, who gave me a start at Strictly Sportswear. Her daughter uh, Kathy, brother Calvin, and now I'm learning fashion. I already mm. knew street, mm-hmm. so I already knew what street cats want to wear, right? And they want to be the first. So I would have a customer book about the size of a J.C. Penney catalog. Dog, make sure I get there, man. When you get this in, you call me first. Mm-hmm. I want you to put me together because you dress sweet. I want you to put me together. Yeah. So now I had a clientele book of like maybe 100, 100 names from people from all over. East side, west side, southwest, north end, Inkster, Ecorse, Ypsilanti, everywhere. Make sure I got you first. Make sure when that new Coogee come in, make sure I'm the first one with it. When y'all get the Pelly in, call me first. And I got you. Mm-hmm. They would give me two or $300. Or they'd be like, they were like, uh, they're like, big guy, man, get, get you one too. Because mm. you made sure I had it first. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. So now when you get that confidence, now I'm walking around like I'm the superstar. Because I'm going to, back in those days, we had legends. The, the nightclub legends. You had it, cabarets then. Well, cabarets, <laughs> but the main <laughs> thing that, was like. Is that like, a Detroit thing too, cabarets? They do it in Chicago, I think, really? too. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. People and don't know about cabarets. No, like know about that. cabarets. I think in Cleveland they in Cleveland they do it too. Mm. Because matter of fact, I know it was a Detroit to Cleveland cabaret that some guy did. Okay. So I would be at all the events. Now during this time, here come DC. Derek Coleman. Derek Coleman. Mm-hmm. Now him and Jerome Bettis will always have a yearly party at the State Theater. Yeah. Then Jalen came around. Chris came around. They would have their draft party mm. at the State Theater. So you was always around this so stuff. You and was you had around this aura. This stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, of course. I was around it. Mm-hmm. So I knew that once I was going to do my own stuff, I already had the formula. I already knew what to do. Mm-hmm. I just needed the chance to do it. Yeah. And Starter gave me the chance to do it. Mm-hmm. So and that's how everything like a, a match made in heaven. So now when these footwear companies call me or when these apparel companies call me, it's a ticket to talk to me. 
Yeah. Because I've earned that. I yeah. paid my you, dues. You've added the value. Exactly. But that's 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 what I'm kind of going back to too. Okay. Is like you 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 saw your guys mm-hmm. doing well, right. but you still kept adding value to yourself. It's not like you're trying to live off. No, never. Your, never. Your, your boys. Never. Never. Anything they ever done for me was an added extra, because I knew. And so that's why when people when 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 people say. Man, you know such and such, you know this person, you know that person. I go through my phone right now and I got at least 30 millionaires in my phone. Mm. And I never talk to them about what they do. We talk about life. We talk about religion. We talk about race. We talk about politics. We talk about everything else. Mm. And that's why they adapt to me because you got to remember, once again, the first people I saw successful was street guys, was drug dealers that had more money than the actual entertainers. Mm -hmm. So it's like I've been around famous people all my life. It never phased me, and mm. I, I never treated them like that, and I never expected them to do that. One thing about this thing, if people see you trying, they will help you win. Of course. Jalen tells me all the time, yo, send me some stuff. I need this. I do that. I never once gave people stuff and say, yo, make sure you tag me or make sure you post me or make sure you shout me out. I don't do it. I don't do that. Mm. You do, you do. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. And, and it's like when you treat them when they're not celebrities, they adapt to you even more. Because they get bombarded with all that stuff all day anyway. They just want to be normal. Yeah. You know? I remember there was a time where, where uh, I'm not going to say the entertainer, the rapper, who it is. He said, man, I just wish that I can just go sit down at a Taco Bell and just eat. He said, you he said, you think I'm blessed. No, you're the one that's blessed because you got freedom to go do what you want. And that and that and that's that's funny because I was talking to Chico and uh, Icewear okay. and Vezo about yeah. it. Yeah. And everybody kind of goes through... If you've never been around like celebrity type people, right, and you're now around that, you start to realize that everybody's going through that same mm-hmm. like paradigm shift mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Um, they they just everybody's coming to you because they want something from you. Exactly. Whew. But if you have value, mm-hmm. it's easy to accept you because right. you built yourself up and you've added value. Exactly. The, the problem is, is when people want you to do stuff, but you ain't built yourself up enough to add the value. No. That's what I tell. When I first talked to Charlemagne, mm-hmm. he said, you got what? I got a, I got a gym. Mm-hmm. I got a mental health gym. Mm-hmm. You got one up? Yeah. It's running. Yeah. Fully operational for yeah. the last three years. Come see me. <laughs> oh, I'm going to come. Yeah. If I, oh, I just got an idea. Mm-hmm. People in idea phases. You know, that's what it is. And that, and that's and we, we hear this. Me and you talk about this mm-hmm. and I hear it and I'm keep hearing it. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing it about nobody in Detroit supports me. And it's just like you got to add the value because Jesus wasn't even accepted in his own time. No, no, no. That's it, not a de- that's not necessarily just a Detroit thing. That's no. a wherever your hometown is, because people recognize you. Yeah. So you got to. You got to make some believers outside of your hometown. And that's true. And once you make believers outside your hometown, then guess what? Now your hometown back you. But there was always people in your hometown. There was always people it that had It ain't the people you. that you, 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 you needed. You, you wanted, yeah, per yeah, se. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you said, it was a, somebody gave you an opportunity at Strictly Sportswear. Those right. little and you take stepping them and you move stones on. Right, right. that lead up to where you are, exactly. not just wh- what do you want? You want Shark Tank. You want to be in front no. of Shark Tank and just somebody just give you a million dollars for something that not worth nothing? Yeah. And so, like, people, you know, I, people say all the time, man, you blew up overnight. No, I didn't. I blew up over several hundred thousand nights. Yeah. You know, and that's the one thing that people always see. People always see the finished project. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, you getting them. You doing them. No. Yeah. I ain't even halfway where I'm supposed to be. It may look like it to you. But I'm not even halfway where I'm supposed to be. So therefore, when you see me doing stuff, of course, everything that I represent, everything I do, I'm going to try to market that. I'm doing stuff with the Pistons, so I'm going to wear a Piston hat. Yeah. I'm doing stuff with Star, so I'm going to wear a Starter hat. I knew that this was going to be visible, so guess what? You're going to see my name now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to do stuff to get you to bring more added value to you. And when people see you trying, they will help you. And you're you're very particular about who you connect with. Oh, all, all day. Yeah. It, it's hard to reach me. <laughs> and, and that's not even on no arrogant stuff. Yeah, but but you have you you've learned. See, you were in the game early. Yeah. So yeah. you so you learned that. Yeah. Did you learn that through 
I learned getting that, through getting messed up, yes. getting wrecked from messing with the wrong people. Yes, okay. I've learned that from. I used to be in the club fifty deep, buying stuff for everybody. The talk of the town, this, all that. Oh yeah, we. I, I used to think it was a big deal walking in twenty, thirty deep. Hmm. But that ain't do nothing but made people feel a sense of entitlement. Yeah, you know. And so now I'm like, you know what? Let me play back. Let me be low key. You know. Mm-hmm. So now it's like certain people, and, and and this is not. I swear. I swear it's not no arrogant stuff. It's just not. Certain people don't deserve the energy you put out no more. They just don't because you know that. They're not coming from a righteous place anymore. Mm. So people are like, man, I called you. I called you. Well, maybe. I, I don't know if you did. I don't know because I don't look at my phone like that. You know, and when people can't reach me and my wife hates this, she hates it with a passion. When they try to call me, they call her. Mm. Yo, tell Ty, what? what? <laughs> Stop having people call me and all that stuff. They, and because they know that if they can't reach me. They know if they close to us, they can always call my wife. Yeah. And get that. She hates it, but she's understand. But I think that that's part of the uh, everybody's journey that as you build, you you got to recognize that's what it is. And I start recognizing for mm-hmm. what it is as I start moving up because mm-hmm. I start moving up. And I'm saying it's even levels to your move up, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, you may get on the breakfast club, but you, you may not get the same type of uh, quick response. Exactly. That if you were Oprah. And you know what? It's an. It's an unfair advantage because certain things, certain things you can get me to do, I won't do. Like people call me all the time about doing shows and podcasts, but for what? Why? Why? Mm. How, how How does it bring value to what we're doing? Mm. And let's just be real. Let's just. Right. Because I seen Magic Johnson made a uh, a statement one day. The same amount of energy it takes I for you to do a thousand dollar deal, mm-hmm. you can do a million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. And that's not and that's not talking about nobody. That's the, because we all started from the bottom. Yeah. It my road took a longer route because I didn't cross nobody. Mm-hmm. I didn't backstab nobody. I did it the right way. And I did it from the ground up. So certain things that certain things I can get from you, a lot of people can't get from you. Mm-hmm. And that's not saying that with this. It's you just get how your it goes. One on one TRE session was I don't do trauma release right. sessions with nobody, but I'm like, I got you. Because you knew it came from a genuine place and yeah. I needed it. I didn't need yeah. it because I wanted to say I wanted to do it. No, no. I needed it. You, you saw it. Yeah. And you said, look, do this, do that. No, yeah. stop. Do this. Mm-hmm. And it helped me. So now guess what? Whenever you call me, I'm gonna come. We could be outside and I'm still gonna sit down here and do this with you. Certain people earn that right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, and that's the thing that that people that that we live in a world of entitlement where people feel they entitled because they, they haven't built a relationship. They haven't built a rapport. You said you got 30 millionaires in your phone and you right. talk about all these different things. Right. And it's like the ask ain't just it ain't an ask. It's just no. it's just a relationship. It's just so a relationship. when you do need something, ain't even really an ask. Mm hmm. Oh yeah, you so, know, yeah. So even now, why why are you trying to brand your brand? Let's just say if, and they got to realize they think I got a hundred thousand jackets at my house. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I seen old boy with one man. Yeah. What, what happened to your man? You don't look out for your man no more. I'm like, well, have like if, if I was manufacturing right, myself, you ain't, a, you ain't the starter manufacturer, right? Starter still owns that shit, right? You know, so it's like, right. So it's it's up to yo. How many we'll you get got, you something. How, how it many, may be that that. How many you got a sign that you got to give out to this person, that person? So it, and that's like, what they don't yeah, understand. Right. They just think I can go. Hey, okay. Oh, oh, oh. You want that? I'll be right back. And I got a warehouse full of them. Yeah. And that doesn't work like that. Now I tell people all the time. I may not can get you that, but I can get you this. I'm good. Whatever you give me, bro. But you always have though. That's <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. Not, so it's like yeah. you know, and those other people be like, wow. Now it's a sense of entitlement. Put it like this. I have never asked anybody for anything. Anything. I've never, when Jalen was in the league, I didn't ask to go to the games. Mm-hmm. He will call, hit me, or I will go buy my tickets. Right. My brother is in, is, is in the iconic new edition, Michael Bivens. When he comes to town, I go buy the ticket and he get mad. Yo, why you ain't, man, why you ain't tell me? Why? Yeah, you just doing what you got to do. You just do it. Yeah. You just do it. You know, so that's the one thing that I think destroys a lot of us. And especially here is people feel they entitled. Hmm. And I mean, entitled without doing the work. Exactly. 
Exactly. And that's not it. That's not a knock on Detroit. That's it's not. that's that's a worldwide it's phenomenon. Worldwide. But I think in America is even more so in yeah. the, with the invention of the social and the visuals and seeing seeing things are moving really fast. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk about this last thing too, okay. is which is you know fashion moving into this world with the NFTs mm-hmm. and all that. Like, what what's your thoughts on? I have no thoughts because I don't know. None. I, I try not to even get involved in that because I feel I feel it's a phase. I feel it's a phase. I it's may be wrong. It's a phase, bro. Well, then I need to be more intelligent with it and be taught it's, more it's about not, it. It's not, it's not a phase. Okay. Well, it, it's, then we got to talk about it. We do. You got to let me know. But, you got to fill but, me but, in. But the, but the good thing is when people who really had the value, mm-hmm. you ain't got to move so fast because you feel like you're missing. You're not missing out on anything right okay, now. Okay. Okay, cool. It may so, seem like people took, tell me all the time, man, you need the NFT your logo. I mean, right. NFT N- NFTs right now and how their their positions, right? People don't even know that they're, they're really kind of worthless. Like from a technological standpoint, so you see when own, you say you don't like own, that, you don't own that NFT. Open C, okay, where it's stored, okay, they own it. They own it. You don't know that. You don't know that though, because you own a link to an address to the document. Okay, but you don't own it. Now, technically, you own it, but I can go. I can go download that thing. But but, but no, it's not. Not listen. It's a whole thing about NFTs that people not familiar with. See, that's that's why it's just again take your time. Yeah, like I'm taking my time on understanding the positioning of it. A lot of people just because you moved early, go mm-hmm. back to 1999, mm-hmm. 2000.com. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people that jumped in. Mm-hmm. It bust. Mm-hmm. Them NFTs gonna go to zero. People gonna be caught with with, with bad hands, bro. But see, your your mind frame is totally different because you're looking at it as the whole pie. People that's jumping on it now looking at slices. Oh, yeah, I could just. And like you said, they don't even own it. You're going to figure out a way how I can own my stuff if to you take can, it to you, another level. If you can sell an NFT, cool. But buying NFTs, you don't. You, you get caught with the bag, bro. You get caught with. See, I, that, that's how I don't want to take no more. I, I took that, enough that's, L's. That's why I asked you, too, because how? Because I know you, you're such a historian right. and, and that, right. that I think you don't even want to go in there. You know what I'm saying? No way. Because I ain't got time for no more L's. I don't want to take a chance. <laughs> Everything I do now is 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 kiss. But they're gonna want they're gonna want once once they get to the avatar space and people can dress their avatars, you already can do it on this some of these apps. Uh, they're gonna want the starter stuff and Tom Mopkins gonna go in there, but you'll go in there in your your own time. I'll let my son handle that for me. Yeah, that's true. So that that could be his bridge because he's into stuff like that. So that could be his avenue. Me no, no, no. I took enough L's to, whew. Everything for me is just simple now, Dave. It's it's, it's simple, David. It's just, and that's how I got to be. It's, it's an old acronym, KISS. Keep it Keep simple, it simple stupid, stupid, stupid. Yeah. And that's me. Yeah. I'm not trying to jump out the gate. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to turn the wheel into a box. It's a wheel. We're going to put better rubber on the wheel. Well, again, bro, that's why I, I appreciate you. And I, I feel that simplicity right. from you. I feel, I feel connected to my to right. my generation right. when I see you. And that is uh powerful from the nostalgic standpoint. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think you ever really maybe even knew and thought about it from this way, but you you really offer healing to a lot of people. Now obviously there's a such thing as being stuck right. in the era. Right. And over nostalgia. Oh my God. But for the most part, you know, you keep up you keep up with the times, you know what's I going on to. and and, yeah. and you giving people Something that we've been missing, right. and that's that's a small measure of peace from our past. Well, I have to, Dave, because this, this, this is all I know. I don't know how to work on cars. I can't be a mechanic. I don't know how to build a house, so I can't be a construction worker. Yeah. But this right here, I know this. Yeah, and and that's another lasting powerful thing to end on is that you're doing something that a lot of people don't get to do. Right. You're passionate about yes. the 90s sports, Detroit. You're really passionate about that. That's yeah. you're not you're not creating content. Mm-hmm. You're just documenting who you are. That's it. And I come from the 12,000 block of Roseland and did programs with the Detroit Pistons and and did programs with the NFL, NBA. And I just want somebody to know that people always say, "Have I had the opportunity to leave Detroit?" Yes. And I tell people all the time, but I never left Detroit because Detroit never left me. They always supported everything I've done. 
and I owe it to them because I want that next generation. I want that kid to know that you can come from the 12,000 block of Roseline. You can make an impact in this industry and in this world. And that's it, bro. We can drop the mic now? We, mic drop. Let's go. Roseline, Conley. There you go. What up, though? Peace. Check it in. All right, bro. All right. You've been listening to the In the Wealth Podcast on EYL. Theme song produced by Be Ready for West Coast Creations. I am Razcast, reminding you to take action, be proactive, be congruent, get out of the matrix, get your mind right. We've automated mental health at inception. Join the movement. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.